because I need you to announce the title of my message to the person sitting next to you. So look at your neighbor. Come on, look at your neighbor. I'm looking around, see who's participating. Look at your neighbor. And I need you to tell them you need to learn how to fight back. Now look at the other person that you didn't look at the first time. Come on, look at the other person you didn't look at the first time and tell them, you need to tell them you really need to learn how to fight back. <laughs> That's what we're talking about. Y'all are having too much fun with that today. <laughs> so I want to talk to you on the subject for a few moments. Fight back is what I've titled this message. And I wonder, uh, have you ever just, have you ever been in a season where it seemed like the enemy was just always coming against you? <laughs> And there was no, there was no, no holding back. You just felt like you were never going to get out of the season that you were in. And you're just praying. You're like, God, if you're trying to teach me something, go ahead and teach me what you need to teach me so that I can get out of this season. And I don't know, or maybe we could say it like this. Have you ever just been in a funk? Anybody just ever been in a funk? You just one week, everything's great. It's like David in the Bible, right in the Psalms. You know, just one week he's on, on the mountain, and the next week he's in a funk, right? It's like, God, where are you at? Why would you leave me? I don't know, you know, praising him one day and the next just in a funk. Or maybe you've been in, in that season for a week or a month or a year, and you just can't figure out, it's like, how do I get out of being in a funk? And we, my wife and I will ask each other sometimes, we'll be like, you know, what, are you okay? You're wrong. He's like, I don't even know what's wrong. <laughs> I'm just in a funk. I just woke up today, and it's just not my day, apparently. You know, it's like you go outside, and it's cold when you were dressed for it to be warm. And then the car doesn't want to start, or you got a flat tire, or you get cut off on the way to work, you know, and you just lose all your Christianity right there on the way to work. And all this stuff's happening to you, and it's like, is it ever, <laughs> ever going to stop? It's just not my day. I'm just in a funk. Things aren't going my way. And I think if we were to go around the room, we could all pick out something. Maybe, maybe somebody you were close to hurt you by what they said or what they did. You ever been there? Somebody you were close to, it's, I can't believe that they said or they did what they did. And I can't believe that they would throw away our relationship and our friendship for what they, like it was that easy for them to make that decision to throw it all away. And now I'm just in this season and I'm in this place where I don't even really know what to do with that because I didn't see this coming. I didn't know that, that it was going to be that easy for them to make that decision or to say that about me. You know, we were, we were talking, and I'm going to butcher it probably, but we were reading this thing, or my wife was reading it to me yesterday. And it said, when you're, when you're talking about, it was talking about gossip, and, and the quote said that I'm not as concerned why... That person said that to you about me. I'm more concerned about why you allowed them to say that to me or to you about me. You ever thought about that? You ever had that happen to you and you're like, you know what? I thought that person was my friend and they weren't even the one that said it. But they listened and responded. And it's, <laughs> it's like, wouldn't you just, if you were really, if we were really that close, wouldn't you just shut that down? Wouldn't you, wouldn't you be the one to say, uh, no, <laughs> we're not going to talk about them, or we're not going to talk, no, that's, that's, you know, I'm close to them, no, I know them, and they, they would never do that, or whatever, and sometimes we're more concerned, it's like, 
not even the person that said something or did something. It's the person that just listened to what somebody else said or participated in what somebody else did. And now we're in a season where it's like, I don't know how to get out of this place. And I believe you need to learn how to fight back. Maybe, maybe you felt like your passion and the fire that was inside of you that you once had has burned out. I used to be excited about church. Last week, I was pumped up. It was Easter at Impact. I'm excited. People everywhere. And then I went to work on Monday, and now I don't even want to come to church the next week because of what happened to me. And I'm, I'm just in, I'm in a funk. The enemy's just fighting against me. And I don't really know what to do with it. I don't know where to go from here. You're in a season. You used to be excited about life. You used to be excited about what God was doing. And you wonder why you're not passionate anymore. Maybe you've been immersed in busyness. Anybody busy? I wish we would quit saying that we're busy. In the, you ever, this has just become like the American thing to do. <laughs> well, how are you doing? Oh, just busy. Well, how's your week been? Oh, busy. Can I tell you today that busy does not equal productive. And busy does not equal anything spiritual in your life. And busy does not equal growth. Busy does not equal what we think it equals a lot of times. And a lot of times, we're just, if you're like me, you're just busy up here and not even really with what you're doing so much. You just don't even know where to start or you don't even know the first step to take and your mind is going and you can't sleep at night and it's just busy, busy, busy. And when somebody asks you, well, how are things going? I'm just busy. And it's like you haven't even really done anything, but you feel busy. You feel busy. Well, I'm busy. I'm busy. And you used to be learning and you used to be growing. But now you're just kind of stuck. You're just stuck. Or maybe you honor God with certain parts of your life, but not in everything. Mm. <laughs> there are certain parts of my life that I want to control. And so I'm going to give God a little bit, but I want to still have a little bit of control. So I'm comfortable with honoring God in this area but I'm not as comfortable honoring God over here. But when it comes to that, okay, God, I'll give you, like, I'll let you, you can take the lead on that. But when it comes to my relationships, I want to have a say in, in who I date. I want to have a say in what we do. I want to have a say. I just want a little bit of control. I don't want to completely honor God with every part of my life. Or maybe you're trying to follow God and you don't feel like things are going the way they should be going. Have you ever been there? God, I'm trying to serve you. <laughs> I'm serving in kids, and it's hard. Bless God, isn't it supposed to be easy when I do something for you? I'm trying to, I'm trying to get, boy, y'all are awfully quiet. I, I'm trying to get where you want me to be. So why is it so hard? Why are things not turning out the way that I thought they were going to turn out? Why are things not going the way that I thought? I thought when I stepped into this and God spoke and the heavens opened and I saw a bright light and, and all this stuff that this is, and God said, this is what you're supposed to do. And this is where you're supposed to be. And this is the job you're supposed to take. I thought when I stepped into that, that God was going before me and that he was going to make a way. 
and everything is not turning out how I thought it was supposed to turn out. Or maybe you're sitting here today and you think, well, I don't have any problems. And if that's you, then we all need to talk to you after service today. <laughs> but maybe you're, maybe you're here and you think, you know what, this could be preventative. Maybe you're not going through something right now. But the, the, the word that I read in the Bible says that while we're here, we will have trouble and bad things will happen to good people. And good things will happen to bad people. And there's going to be situations that we're going to walk through. So maybe you need a little preventative. That's a big word. Maybe you need a little pre preventative maintenance on your life. <laughs> we need to prevent some things maybe that aren't here yet. And I want to talk to you this morning for the next few minutes on some areas in your life. And in my life, that we might need to learn how to fight back in. Come on, say fight back. I want to give us some, some tactics. I want to help us begin to learn how to do that, how to fight back. And here's the catch, though. Fighting back probably doesn't look like what you think it'll look like. Because we think of fighting back a certain way. Well, I'm just going to, devil come against me. I'm going to punch him in the face. I'm just going to fight back. Well, co-workers driving me crazy, so I'm going to fight back. You know, that's not, <laughs> we're, not putting on, we're not putting on boxing gloves this morning to try to fight our own battle. But there are some areas in our lives where I think we need to learn some tactics on how we can fight back when the enemy tries to bring this up or when a certain thing starts to creep into your life. You know where to go with it. When the enemy comes against us, we can fight back. When we find ourselves in some kind of a slump or we're stuck, we can fight back. And to help us remember this, hopefully in your seat there was a, a notes page. If you want to pull that out and take notes today, I encourage you to do that so you can look back at it and remember what God was speaking to you today. But I want to break down the word fight. And we're going to talk about five areas of your life that we need to fight back in. And each one of them is going to start with the letter in the word fight. So hopefully it will help you remember. All right. And here's the first one. Here we go. You need to learn how to forgive people. If you're going to fight back, you got to learn how to forgive people. Why? Because this is a fight against bitterness. This is a fight against, against bitterness. You ever met somebody that you knew was bitter? You ask them, man, what's going on in your life? Nothing. Nobody wants to admit that they're bitter. Nobody wants to admit that bitterness has crept in and has taken a hold of their heart. And now, you, you know, they're walking around just angry all the time. You ever, has anybody ever done something to you that you didn't want to forgive them for? Anybody ever done something to you? Well, I don't really want to forgive you for that. Or it's going to take me a while to forgive you for that one. Or we have all these sayings, like we, we have these Christian sayings, you know, that we try to justify. And I'm about to tell you what the word says about forgiveness, and so we can just throw all that out the window. But we, we find ourselves in situations where, like, it's, it's hard to forgive sometimes. It's hard to forgive sometimes. And here's the good news. If you find it hard to forgive, you are not alone. Because you can just look to the left and look to the right. And the people sitting on both sides of you have a hard time forgiving just like you do. Because we don't like being hurt. But aren't you glad that God 
aren't you glad that God decided to forgive you? And here's what's awesome, that God decided to forgive you and send his son for you even if you never chose it. He put the forgiveness on the table and said, if you want it, it's right here. If you want it, all you got to do is take it. You just got to receive it. See, I think we get it wrong sometimes. We think we got to pray this long prayer and we got to, oh, please forgive me for all this stuff and this 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 and this. And I think that's good and we need to we need to put it all out there and all this stuff. But 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 God, through Jesus, has already put forgiveness out. Like you've already you've already been forgiven. You just have to receive the forgiveness. And the problem is a lot of people don't ever take the forgiveness that's already theirs. The only thing that God requires is for you to just reach out and take it. I just I just need to reach out and take what Jesus has already done for me. I love this this brief conversation talking about forgiveness that Peter has with Jesus in Matthew 18. Read a couple of verses here. It says, Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, when someone won't stop doing wrong to me, can we relate there? God, when the same person keeps doing the same thing over and over and over and over again, that's what Peter's saying, how many times must I forgive them? Seven times? See, Peter thinks he's being generous. That's once a day, God. That's like if they did it to me today, I forgive them today, and then phew, I'm going to reserve it, you know, seven times. I'm going to reserve it for tomorrow. You know, my forgiveness is new tomorrow. Peter thinks, well, I'm being, I'm being generous. And Jesus answers, says, I tell you, you must forgive them more than seven times. You must continue to forgive them even if they do wrong to you 77 times. Now, what's not important is the number. Now, if you want to do the math and break that down, I think that's like once every 18 minutes. Or some translations say 70 times 7, and people translate that to mean 490. And if you want to go that route, then I think it's every three minutes of the day that you're forgiving somebody for doing something wrong to you. That's a lot of forgiveness. It's <laughs> a lot of forgiveness. But what Jesus is saying, <laughs> Peter comes to him, and I can just imagine. I can imagine. I like to just, you know, this isn't in the Bible, but I like to just think about what, was, what might have been going on. And Peter, he comes to Jesus, right? Now, they've been hanging out. Him and these 11 other guys, they're hanging out with Jesus. Things are going good. They're seeing all this stuff. And I can picture Jesus coming to, to or Peter coming to Jesus, and he says, you know, you know what, you, like, this has been really, really great. But there's one of these guys, I won't mention any names, but there's one of these guys we've been hanging out with that is just really getting on my nerves. And he keeps doing the same thing. Like, he has this clicking thing, and he just keeps doing it all the time. Or he said something about me the other day. <laughs> You know, John, the one that Jesus loves, he <laughs> he's getting all arrogant because, you know, you said that he's the one that you love. And so he's getting on my nerves, and he's been doing some things behind my back. Or I, I walked up, and everybody stopped talking the other day, and I knew they were talking about me. So how many times should I forgive this person, hypothetically, Jesus? If they keep doing the same thing over and over to me or what if what if what they did was really really bad what if what they did really really hurt me what if what they did was was something that I don't really know what to do with Jesus how many times should I how many times should I forgive seven times I think seven's a good number seven's a good number 
So should I forgive them seven times, once a day? You know, what, what are you thinking? And Jesus says, no, you need, to, you need to always be quick to forgive. You need to always, Jesus says, no matter what, they, no matter what they've done, you need to learn how to constantly forgive. Constantly forgive. Why is forgiveness such a big deal in our lives? And why is it something we need to put into practice? I believe it's because we're fighting back against bitterness. We're fighting back against bitterness. I love this saying. I've quoted it before, but you can write it down. We'll have it on the screen. It says, forgiveness is setting a prisoner free and then discovering that the prisoner was you. See, we don't forgive a lot of times because we think, well, I'm not going to let them off. Chances are they've probably already forgotten what they did to you. And the only person you're not letting off is you because you won't extend forgiveness. And so I'm going to live in bitterness for what they did to me, and I'm not going to forgive them. And forgiveness, we find out whenever we extend forgiveness and we finally say, you know what, I forgive them. I forgive them. I forgive them for what they did. I forgive them for what they said. I forgive them for what happened. I forgive them. We find out, you know what? I'm the one that I just let off the hook. I didn't make it okay for what they did. I didn't say what they did was okay. I just said, I'm not going to live in bitterness. Life's too short for me to live in bitterness and not enjoy my family, not enjoy my kids, not enjoy what, what God has, has called me to do. So I'm going to extend forgiveness. Even though... They may not deserve it. Even though I really don't want to, I'm going to extend forgiveness because I want freedom in this area of my life. we got to fight back against bitterness by forgiving people. Here's the I. you got to ignite your passion. Ignite your passion. What is this a fight against? This is a fight against complacency. It's a fight against complacency you ever been passionate about something you've been excited passionate boy i can't wait oh man i'm just so i'm gonna do whatever it takes to make this happen i'm gonna do whatever it takes to get there i'm gonna do whatever it takes we're just passionate passionate about it god put it on my heart i'm passionate about it i love my wife and i this last year we were at a conference and and uh, one of the speakers said this and it stuck with me ever since and it'll probably stick with me for the rest of my life he said too many times in life we're trying to find balance you ever been trying to balance things well, I don't really know how to balance work and balance home and balance my spouse and balance my, my job and balance my kids and balance what I enjoy doing and hobbies, and I don't really know how to balance everything. And we say this a lot. I know I did. I just can't find balance. I can't find balance. I can't find balance. And he said, we need to stop focusing so much on balance and be passionate. Now, you're going to have to set up some boundaries. I'm not going to work 85 hours a week and expect to spend time with my family. You're going to have to set up some boundaries. But what he was getting at is whatever you're doing, just be passionate about it. When I'm at church, I'm going to be passionate about being at church. When I'm working, I'm going to be passionate on my job. When I'm at home with my kids, I'm going to be passionate with my kids. I'm going to be passionate about being home. I'm going to be passionate about being on a date with my spouse. I'm going to be passionate in all these areas of my life. And if we'll start focusing on, you know what, no matter where I am, if, if, it's, if it's the work part of the day, I'm going to be passionate about work. If it's the home part of the day, I'm going to be passionate about home. If we're on vacation, I'm going to be passionate about being on vacation. Wherever you are, if we would just learn to be passionate about where we are, it would fix all of our balance problems. 
because we always feel like we're 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 cheating. There was a book, there was I think I think he renamed it, but uh, that that was called Choosing to Cheat, and it was talking about balance in life. You got work, and you got home, and you got your spouse, and all these different areas. And you feel like you got to cheat. Like, if I'm going to do good at work, i got to cheat my family. If I'm going to do good at home, i got to cheat my work. No, you just got to be passionate where you are. Be passionate about what you're doing and where God has you in that moment. Colossians 3.23, if we could apply just this one verse to this, it says, in all the work you are given, do the best you can. Work as though you are working for the Lord, not an earthly master. Just whatever you're doing. 110%, all my passion, everything, I'm just passionate about where I am because I know that where I am, here's, here's, here's how this works. Because I know that where I am, there's a purpose behind where I am. When I'm at work, there's a purpose why, there's a purpose behind why I'm at work right here. God has a plan right here. When I'm at home, there's a purpose behind me being at home. I'm the leader of my family. I'm raising my kids. I'm pouring into my marriage. There's a, there's a purpose behind it. That's where your passion will come from. Not you trying to just muster up energy and, well, it was a long day at work, and so now i gotta, oh, I got to muster up some energy to be passionate at home. No, no, I know that there's a purpose and there's a reason why I'm here, and while I'm pulling into the driveway, I'm going to ignite the passion for what my next task is. I'm going to ignite the passion for the next season that I'm about to walk into, the next moment that I'm about to walk into. I'm going to ignite the passion. Can we just make the decision today that wherever God puts me, I'm going to be passionate. That wherever God, there's a reason and there's a purpose behind why I am where I am in that moment, and I'm going to be passionate while I'm there. I'm going to give it everything I have while I'm there. Amen? you got to ignite your passion. Now, here's one thing before we move on that you need to know. Only one person in your life can make the decision to keep your fire and passion burning. And it's you. There's only one person. And nobody can take away your passion and your fire that God has put on the inside of you unless you give them permission to take it away. You can go through any circumstance. Come on. With Jesus, you can walk through anything and never lose your passion, never lose your fire, never lose your, 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 your good attitude, never lose any of that. You know why? Because nobody can take it away unless you give him permission. The enemy can't take it away from you. He can't steal your passion unless you give it to him. Because it comes from God. And I'm the only person that can keep that alive inside of me. got to ignite your passion Here's the next one. You've got to grow yourself. You've got to grow yourself. This is a fight against a word that we don't like a lot of times, but it's a word called laziness. This is a fight. We're fighting back against laziness. We've got to grow ourselves. Now, has anybody ever, I asked this in the, in the 930 service, and I got a lot of laughter, <laughs> but has anybody ever joined a gym why are y'all laughing? Anybody ever joined a gym? Or you or or you decided that you were going to exercise, whatever that looks like. You got treadmill at home. You got stuff at home. Whatever that is. I'm going to exercise. Or you went on some kind of a weight loss journey. You know, New Year's resolution. Going to lose 10 pounds. Going to lose 20 pounds. Going to get in shape. You know, all these things that we do. You ever been there? And, and isn't it, don't we get excited when we see results? 
when you're seeing results, you're at the gym. It's like when you first start, it's like your body's so out of shape that you hurt all over. But you see results in a hurry. Did anybody ever watch? I know it's not on TV anymore, but did anybody ever watch The Biggest Loser? They get there week one and they hate it all week long. Hate it. Throwing up in buckets, all this, you know, on treadmills, doing things they hadn't done in 30 years. And then they get to the end of the week and it's like 75 pounds lost in one week. It's like, bless God, I'm doing that again because I saw some results. Something happened and I like what happened and so I'm going to do it again. But how many of you know over time as the season went on, then it turned into, well, it's 15 pounds this week. It's, it's 7 pounds this week. It's three pounds this week because as you as you as you continue to grow, you just continue to get a little bit a little bit stronger, a little bit stronger, a little bit stronger. God's doing something in your life, getting a little bit stronger, a little bit stronger, and the results aren't as dramatic as what they were at the very beginning, right? But how many of you know what happens when a little bit of laziness sets in? I've been at the gym five days a week, whew, every week, just taking weekends off. Oh, and then, you know, one day, well, we're just not going to go today. And then one day turns into three days. And then three days turns into seven days. And then you look back and it's like, wow, we signed up for that gym membership back in January, and it is October, and we've been like five times. <laughs> and we're paying all this money because you know they lock you in for a year. <laughs> They're going to get you money. Because I know most people aren't going to stick with it, but that's another message. <laughs> but you're, you're, you're growing yourself. And here's what, happens, here's what happens when laziness when laziness sets in. Just a little bit of laziness. Just, just, just a little, doesn't have to be a big amount. Just a little bit of laziness. And we think, well, I'm not growing anymore. But what I, what I think is, well, I'm just a little bit of laziness set in. So I'm just going to maintain where I'm at. Can I tell you that there is no such thing as maintaining your spiritual growth, you're either growing or you're shrinking. There is no in-between. When I'm, when I'm growing with God and I'm moving forward and I'm taking steps forward, the moment that I let a little bit of laziness set in and I start to get a little lackadaisical about it, I miss a day, then I miss a week, then I, you know, and I'm not growing myself anymore, then I'm just gradually taking step after step after step backward and how many of you know that when you're when you're working out the muscle goes away when you stop it doesn't maintain where you were <laughs> it doesn't just stay like well I got to this point I'm good I can stop here and it'll just always look like that <laughs> that <laughs> that does not work once you stop the muscle starts to go away once you stop exercising, once you, you get off your weight loss journey, a lot of times the weight starts to creep back in. And sometimes it's even worse the next time than it was before you ever even started because you let you just started a little bit, just a little bit here. Now, what, what does it look like to grow yourself? What does it look like to grow yourself? I love what John 15, 5 and 6 says. says, I am the vine and you are the branches. This is Jesus talking. If you stay joined to me and I to you, you will produce many, plenty of fruit. In other words, you're going to see a lot of results. If you stay connected to Jesus, you're going to see a lot of results. If you continue to grow, you're going to see a lot of results. But separated from me, you won't be able to do anything. If you don't stay joined to me, you will be like a branch that has been thrown out and has dried up. All the dead branches like that are gathered together, thrown into the fire, and burned. 
the group that we were that we were attending this last semester, uh, a friend of ours that was in the group <laughs> read something that has stuck with me ever since this person read it. And it basically was, was referring to this verse and what Jesus is saying, and it, it boiled it all down to this, this quote, that our job as a believer, if you're a Jesus follower, if you've given your life to him, if you're a Christian, whatever you want to call it, our job is to do this, be a branch. Be a branch. Because Jesus says that as long as you're a branch that's connected to the tree, you'll see plenty of fruit. You'll see results. I'm growing. I'm getting deeper. People, people are wanting to be, man, people are showing up to church that I never thought would show up to church. All these things will start happening as long as you stay connected to the source. But what happens when you break the branch off of the tree, it doesn't maintain looking like a branch. It may not happen immediately, and you might be able to fake it for a while. You might be able to fake people out for a while. But eventually, that branch laying on the ground will die. Because it's just gradually going backward. As soon as I detach myself from the tree, I am gradually going backward. I am not staying where I was. I don't look like a branch anymore. We had a back at Christmas, we had a, a live Christmas tree that we got, and, and it was on our front porch, and I thought that thing was never going to die. I'm just being honest with you. I mean, that thing lasts forever. Forever, it seemed like, with no water. We're not even watering the thing, and it's alive forever, but slowly but surely, it started to get a little less green, a little less green. Now it's looking a little bit yellow, a little bit brown, and eventually it died. Now, <laughs> Was it really living without any water for a month and a half? No. It was faking us out. <laughs> Buy it from Home Depot. <laughs> it's faking us out, thinking, well, I'm really, look at me. I'm alive. Look at me. I'm growing. Look at me. But as soon as you detach it from its roots, it starts to die. As soon as you stop growing, you start to die. If you're not intentional to continue to grow, you'll eventually die. So how do we grow ourselves? How do we stay connected to Jesus? I believe it's simply reading the word. How how often are you how often are you reading the Bible? Because if you don't know what God says about you, then how can you claim what God says about you? If you don't know what God has promised you, and something bad happens in your life, how are you going how, how to be able to stand? How can you stand on something you don't even know? The only way you can know it is to read it, to get in there for yourself and read what God says about you. We could say prayer, but I put it in my notes as conversations with Jesus because that's really all prayer is. We don't have to pray. We don't have to pray all these big words, you know, and get in this certain position and all this stuff. That's not, Jesus is not concerned about the position that you're in when you're talking to him. He just wants you to talk to him. Just, just wake up in the morning, God, I need you today. And I thank you that I know that you're with me everywhere I go. I got this, this is coming up today and I don't know what I'm going to do. And so will you help me know what to do? 
Will you give me wisdom to know what to do in this area? When this happens, you know, God, I thank you that everything seems to be going really good and all this is falling into alignment and you're blessing me. I'm thankful for you. It's just it's just talking to Jesus. And the closer you get to Jesus, come on, the Bible says that if you draw close to him, he's going to draw close to you. So if you're Jesus and I get a little bit closer, Jesus gets a little bit closer. And I get a little bit closer, and Jesus gets a little bit closer. And before you know it, I know him so well that the enemy can't bring anything against me, and I don't even let laziness creep in and stop growing because I like where I'm at, and I like the results that I'm seeing when I'm with Jesus and when I'm continuing to grow. Come on, you got to grow yourself. you got to grow. you got to grow. And here's the H. I'm going to bring the worship team back up. Here's the H. Honor God. Honor God. It's a fight against selfishness. Because too many times we're not honoring God with every part of our lives. We might be honoring God with our faithfulness to to be in a group, but we're not honoring him with our our finances. Or we're, we're honoring God with our mouths, but we're not honoring God with our actions. Or we're honoring God with our finances, but we're not honoring God with our body. Or we might be honoring God with our church attendance. Well, I'm going to be at church and I'm going to be committed and all this. But, but we don't really, tr- we struggle with trusting God to provide for our family. Or trusting God to be, and so we're, we're working 70 hours a week and 90 hours a week and trying to, trying to make do and trying to get enough and trying to, you know, keep up this, this lifestyle and this and that because I'm not trusting God. I'm not honoring God in that area of my life. And we got to learn how to honor God in every area of our lives. What we do a lot of times is we're tempted to still try to control certain areas of our lives instead of giving it all to God. Anybody like control? Anybody like to control the outcome? Control what's going to happen? Control whether or not I give? Control whether or not I do this? Control, well, that's that. you can have control or you can honor God. And I would, I would, I would beg you today to choose to honor God. Because God can do more through you and in you than you could ever do by yourself. But we got to honor him. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, So if you eat or if you drink or if you do anything, do it for the glory of God. You can put it this way. When you work, honor God in your work. When you spend money, honor God with your spending. When you give, honor God in your giving. In everything that you do, when you speak, honor God with what you say. It's it's making the decision, and see, a lot of times we don't think about it in that way. But it's making the decision that in everything that I do, I'm going to honor God. In everything. All of it. I'm going to give up control of my life to Him, and I'm going to honor Him and allow Him to do what He wants to do in me and through me. Come on, are you with me? you got to honor God, and here's the last one. It's a big one. You got to trust the process. You got to trust the process. And this is a fight against impatience. Anybody ever been impatient? (laughs) Just a few of us. You ever been impatient? God said something. Why does it not happen? Well, I know I've only been working there for a week, and this is where God told me to work, but I thought I'd have been CEO by now, bless God. It's been seven days. I thought God would have made this happen. You know, God God told me this is what was going to happen. That this is where I needed to be. This is my purpose. This is my calling. And so why, why is it not looking like I want it to look like? 
Why is God not doing what I want him to do? Impatience. God, I don't think you know what you're doing. Or we like this one. God, I'm just going to help you speed this along a little bit. Just taking a little bit. I know you've been busy with them over there. But remember, I'm over here and this is what you told me. So I'm just going to help you. I'm going to help you out. Figure out, figure out what you, you know, I think you're lacking in some areas, God. And so I know you just, it's the whole world in your hands. And so, you know, maybe you've forgotten that I'm here. And so I'm going to help you out in this way. Can I tell you, he hadn't forgotten that you're here. And here's, here's a great reminder when you find yourself struggling to trust the process. It's Isaiah 55, verses 8 through 11. It says, the Lord says, my thoughts are not like your thoughts. Your ways are not like mine. Just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Rain and snow fall from the sky and don't return until they have watered the ground. Then the ground causes the plants to sprout and grow. And they produce seeds for the farmer and food for people to eat. In the same way, my words leave my mouth. Come on, I need you to get this. My words leave my mouth. This is God. In the same way. My words leave my mouth and they don't come back without results. Somebody sees it here today that if God said it, he'll do it. It may not be in three days like you want it to be. But if God said it, this, this tells me that my words leave my mouth and they don't come back without results. My words make the things happen that I want to happen. You don't have to make anything happen. God can do the making. God can make the way. God can make the provision. God can make whatever he needs to make to get you where he needs you to be. You just need to trust the process. When God says that he will do something, he will do it because he said it. Come on, say trust the process. And what could your life look like if you made the decision today, you know what? I don't want to live in bitterness. I'm just going to forgive. And I'm going to forgive. I'm going to forgive just no matter what happens to me. I'm going to make the decision today that I'm going to be a forgiving person. What about if you ignited the passion again? And you just made the decision that no matter where I am, there's a purpose. God has me here for a reason, and I'm going to be passionate about where I'm at. When I'm at church, I'm passionate. When I'm at work, I'm passionate. When I'm at home, I'm passionate. Wherever I am, I'm going to be passionate about where God has put me in that moment. What about growing yourself? What could your life look like? Will you stand today as we're ending? What could your life look like if you made the decision to, to be intentional about growing yourself, spending time with Jesus? being in the word, serving God by serving other people, being a participator. What could, what, could, what could your life look like if you decided to honor God with everything? You know what, God, when I walk out of here today, I'm honoring you with every decision I ever make. I'm not holding anything back from you. I don't want control of anything because if I have control of it, then that's all I have. But if I'll give it to you and I'll honor you with it, then you can do so much more in me and through me and in that situation than I could ever do trying to control it on my own. And so I'm going to honor you with everything I have. I'm going to honor you with my money. I'm going to honor you with my worship. I'm going to honor you with my work. I'm going to honor you with my family. I'm honoring you in every area of my life. And trust the process that if God said it, he'll do it. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes? I want to invite our prayer team to come down today.
want to give you the opportunity if you're here today and maybe you've never you've never taken that first step and you've just never given your life to Jesus most important thing that you could do you've just never you've never stepped out and you've never done that and today you want to do it I believe that Jesus will meet you right where you are right where you are you don't have to fix anything you don't have to get your life together before you can come to Jesus you can just give your life to him and allow him to work through you so I just want to pray a prayer we're all gonna pray this out loud just in honor of those that are making this decision for the first time but can we just pray this just say Jesus I need you thank you for dying for me today I choose you and I give my life to you I don't want control I trust in you I receive your forgiveness for my sins and I thank you for saving me in Jesus name amen can we clap our hands for those that made that decision for the first time today we're gonna sing one final song before we leave and just take a moment to worship God one more time but during this final song we begin to sing when the worship team begins to sing you can if you need prayer for anything in your life it would be an honor if you would let us pray for you we have people down here that that want to pray with you maybe you just need some encouragement need somebody to believe with you for something or you just don't even know what to say or what to pray but you just need prayer and I would encourage you with this if you made that decision to give your life to Jesus for the first time today I invite you to, to just come tell somebody I believe there's power whenever there's power in whenever you confess it whenever you come tell somebody hey I just want to tell you I gave my life to Jesus and maybe you need to know maybe you need to know what's next what I need to do right now we can talk to you about that and help you with that but if you need prayer for anything or you just want to come tell somebody man I gave my life to Jesus today we invite you to do that if that's not you then we just invite you to worship with us and let's lift up the name of Jesus one more time in this place amen, amen. Holy Spirit I thank you for what you've done today God, I pray that you would draw every person who needs prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.